Yo, yo, your Pelicans. Two games over 500 for the first time since a week before Valentine's Day, February 7th. Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Welcome here to a special, a special Pelicans Clippers recap here. I'm Chris Connor. Got my dog Ross here with me. Ross, how you feeling, man? Good, good. Was in the building tonight. That was a uh that was a fun one, man. That one <clears throat> really felt like those early season games. Great crowd, great atmosphere. Team played great. So things are looking good. <laughs> finally, finally, a little bit of optimism. Uh, I, I mean, look, like now we're finally at the stretch to where, you know, we're talking about the final week of the regular season. Um, and this team has won seven out of eight. They've won seven out of eight. They have three more games left of their their final homestand, and then they they finish the year at Minnesota. Where are you at, Ross, personally, with this team? Um, regardless where they finish, what where's your mind at currently with what the team that you're watching uh, play basketball right now? Well, certainly a lot of confidence. Certainly a lot of confidence. Um, you know, I think I said probably a week ago now, before we left to go on the away trip, um, you could feel something building. Now, like we said, you were beating up on bad teams, and that's fine. That's what you're supposed to do. But whenever you're coming off of a like a two-month, month-and-a-half rut like we were in, you need to beat up on some bad people. And I thought we went on the road, you know, outside of let's call it a quarter, quarter-and-a-half. I thought you played you, – Played great. I thought you played great in that Clipper game. I, I thought the first half against the Warriors might have been the best half you played all year. Um, and then you ha- you did what you had to do against the Nuggets. You came home. You did what you had to do against the Clippers. And and the Clippers threw it all at you tonight. They'll make no mistake. I, I, Kawhi played hard. They they did everything they could with the group they had, and they lost. Um, I'm think this group as it sits here today, is playing as well as it can play. This, I mean, this is how we were playing at the end of last year, I think. It's just, you know, what reinforcements can you get between now and 10 days from now, two weeks from now, um, to to sort of take this to another level? But they're certainly playing with a lot of confidence. Um, you know, the, the one thing that's just standing out so much to me is, uh, I mean, obviously Brandon Ingram, but we just seem to be playing faster a little bit all yeah. the way around. It's not – there's not as much thinking. There's not as much like questioning what we're doing. It's just, if we get a rebound, we're going. If we get into our set and somebody gets a look or somebody gets a matchup, they're going. It's not, you know, there's not this like hesitation all the time, you know, these, these bad ruts offensively. So it's, it's been a little more pleasing to watch offensively. Well, I'm not going to lie to you, Ross. In that first half, it wasn't pleasing at, at, <laughs> no. at, at all. <laughs> it wasn't. But I mean, you know, let's, Let's talk about this perspective, man. If you'd have told me coming into this game, in a game in which the Clippers had, you know, in a lot of ways they got embarrassed back back in Los Angeles when when the team played uh, last week. And you'd have told me Kawhi was going to finish with 40 and Russell Westbrook was going to finish with 24. It would have been hard. It would have been hard for me to tell you that the Pelicans were going to win the game. Right. Um. But the reason that they did win, because even with Kawhi's performance, even when Russell with Russell Westbrook's performance, the guy that controlled the game, the guy that was the best player on the floor, 
tonight, in my opinion, was Brandon Ingram. Again, and through the month of March, through this seven of seven wins and eight game stretch, he had a really good February. He's been he's been playing some really terrific basketball. Um, the playmaking is up. The turnovers have been down. You know, he's telling CJ McCollum, get out of the way. You know, I mean, he's he's seizing the moment. And in a night like tonight where Kawhi Leonard, you're going back and forth with one of the another another dude that's been playing some of the best basketball out of anybody the second half of the year. Obviously, I think close to 30 points per game for B.I. to stand up in a way that he did again in this moment in a game you had to win. And they're going against the opponent that you had to beat. They were pissed off from the previous game. It says a lot. And brother Ross, he dropped 36 points off free throws, mid ranges, and layups. Is this the best Brandon Ingram you've seen since he's been in the league? Oh yeah, no doubt. There's not a doubt in my mind. And 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 that's that's comparing it against how I, how he played at this time last year, which was which was pretty damn impressive. Crazy. And he's a He's even a different animal today than he was last year. I, I don't think I've ever seen him play with the aggression I think he's playing with right now. I mean, you've seen him go through these streaks where he just won't miss a mid-range shot, and you've seen some other stuff. There, there's a there's an emphasis with the way he's playing on offense right now. You don't see guys just go at Kawhi. Like, that's just not something that, that a lot of, lot of people do. Yeah, it's just not like it's just not something that guys do because he's so versatile defensively. He's strong. He's he's long. I mean, just a, a really tough guy to say, especially in the mid range where there are other bodies, there are other hands. Brandon didn't fall. I mean, he, he didn't waver. Right at him. I mean, we we ran our stuff and we've been running against everybody, and he couldn't do anything with Brandon that anybody else. That it's it, it, anybody can get it right now. It don't matter who it is. Anybody can get it. And um, he was incredible. He was the best player on the court tonight. I don't. I mean, the fourth quarter. There was no stopping him. Some of the shots he hit were, you know, he had some tough shots, and then he hit some shots that were just, you know, I mean, we, we, you've said it. CJ wanted the ball at one point, and he just said, nah, get on out the way. Yeah, get out the way. I got it. And, and you know, that leads me to, I think, the second most important person of, of tonight that kind of, you know, that was a, um, in the pecking order, the reason the Pelicans won this game, Jonas Valanciunas. Um, finished with 23 and 12. You know, you sent a you sent a text message in our in our group chat, um, trying to figure out why at one point in the game um, he was being subbed out. I believe it was in the fourth quarter because Jonas was playing so well. He was playing well on the boards. He was making last second shots, whether it was mid range. He he hit a big three that I think took the lead for the Pelicans, got them a two point lead for the first time in a little bit. Um, you know, he was he was battling after after a slow start, missing some bunnies, very similar to the first Clippers game, except this time he really took control of his game. We we got a chance to see a couple blocks, he was dominating on the boards. Um, talk about the night that Jonas had because it wasn't like like tonight wasn't simply with dumping the ball down to Jonas and he's taking advantage. It was second chance buckets, it was kind of finding my offense. Throughout the offense, breakdown, such and such, and him still keeping up that energy, that motor, and being really important in winning this game against Zubak, Plumlee, and company. Yeah, he had a couple of short rolls tonight, which I thought were a nice little addition. You know, he caught an alley oop, bro. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. There was there was definitely some stuff outside of the traditional, like throw it down there, 
see if we can play off of him. He was huge. I, I thought there were points in the game where he was downright dominant. It, the, you said he hit that three, and it kind of made me laugh. I'm on the way home. I brought my seven-year-old daughter tonight who's, like, getting real into basketball. And uh, asked her what her favorite part of the game was, and she said, you know, when the big guy hit that three-pointer from a long way away, I was like, yeah, I mean, that was a cool play, I guess. I didn't think, you know, favorite thing. Yeah, man. But um, but it was. It was a huge play, and it, you know, like I said, end of a shot clock. Um, he was huge. I thought I thought especially even more than the points, um, he was huge on the glass. I, when I looked and saw he only had 12 rebounds, I was shocked because it felt like 20. Yeah, that it, it felt like there were points in the third and early fourth quarter where if they missed a shot, he was swallowing up rebounds. No tips, no some of the stuff you saw in Golden State with Looney bouncing balls around. He, he was if his hands touched it, it was our ball. And we were going the other direction. He was huge tonight, um, and he took a t- he took a, an elbow to the face early in that first quarter, um, and kind of came right back to very yeah. possession. Gets a bucket. He, yeah, he, yeah he, look, he's a tough guy, man. He, I thought he played great tonight. Yo, man, I was really impressed in the way the Pelicans, um, you know, got to the paint, the way that they, you know, it seemed like the game plan was to attack the Clippers bigs for the most part. Um, and they got to the, they took, they were 31 to 35 from the free throw line tonight. You know, you get Trey Murphy at the line, nine for 11, where at this point, if he misses a free throw, it's a surprise. Brandon mm-hmm. been on a really good street from free throw line, 10 for 11. Herb Jones with seven for seven, you know, um, you know, that was that was really big. You know, the overall just the consistent attack that this team put together, no matter what the Clippers, you know, Clippers got up early, I think by nine. Um, they started to get some things rolling for themselves offensively. And, you know, you thought, you know, maybe the Pelicans look a little lackadaisical. One team is out here understanding the moment of the game. The other team's kind of just going through the motions. But Pelicans stuck with it, man. And I think being able to slow the game down to different elements and being able to get to the free throw line was huge. And one of those people, the one who went seven for seven, Herb Jones was another dude that, man, is on an amazing run. He scored 12 points tonight and only shot the ball three times. And, I mean, Ross, we play basketball, man. You you know, you know, play 30 minutes, you only get three shots. I don't care what your role is on the team. For you to continue to stay, to stay motivated, I don't care, like, what your specialty is, what people want the basketball. Even, I, I have to tell you guys, the worst person on a basketball floor the person that cannot shoot, they cannot score a dribble, wants the basketball. This is a, that's, just, that's just how it goes. But Herb has been fantastic, whether he's getting the opportunity to attack or not. He's on another stretch, a, a really good stretch. Um, I think he's going to make an all-NBA an all defensive team, and I think he deserves it for the way he's been playing. But I'm really impressed in the way he's been playing offensively. That jump shot looks looks different. It mm-hmm. looks more confident. There's some mechanical things that's different from the guy we saw a few weeks ago. We've been talking a lot about about Herb Jones here, man. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, look. I mean, you know, you already have the toughest assignment of guarding Kawhi Leonard, but to be able to to find a way to impact the game in other ways outside of that, while being in foul trouble, you know, it loomed large. Yeah, he's a. <clears throat> I, I'll be honest. I think you guys saw it before I did early in the season, saying that he needed the ball more, that there was more he could do from a playmaking perspective, and it's become really really evident i think the last month of like good things happen when he's on the ball like good uh, offensively and, and that's just not something that i think you know maybe coming into the year definitely not last year um that maybe we like that maybe was as obvious um but good things happen when he initiates the offense good thing happens 
good things happen when he's dribbling. Good things happen when he's involved in the offense. And um, I thought tonight, I mean, it felt like tonight, there was a while there where he, I mean, he was bringing the ball up the court almost every time. Um, and it, I think it just changes the way we play because he's really smart. He doesn't make silly turnovers. Um, and, and he's, He's slipperier, slipperier than you think he is. He, like he's he's got a little wiggle. He's a, he's a pretty good straight line driver. I thought there were a few times he just went, you know, just kind of just went at Westbrook's chest, um, and just with a hard drive. And it's like, you know, I'm just gonna go straight into your body, shoot, you know, and make my free throws, and that's that. <coughs> he, he was great. He was great. He really was. Um, and it's just he's so valuable to the team for the exact reason you said, right? He's doing all the extra stuff, everything. Not some of it, not just rebounding, not just picking up loose ball. Like he does everything else other than the, being the dude that has to shoot the ball every time down the court. He's doing all the other stuff. Um, he was great. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think going back to Brandon shooting a bunch of free throws, I know Justin, I think, looked it up um, a few games ago. We're now like 7-0 and or 8-0 and or something when Brandon Ingram shoots double-digit free throws. Shoots. If he attempts double-digit free throws, we win the game. You know, it was it was the attack. It was the it was the mindset that I think he he had. It was embracing the contact. And you know, look, there there are nights in which he embraces the contact and he doesn't get the calls. And when you're as good of a mid-range shooter and as good as a, of a difficult shot maker that you, you know, they, that you are, it might entice you to take a little bit more of those depending on what's happening. And, and he didn't let any of that deter him right now. The mode that he did, he had a couple couple uh i think calls that he should have got earlier in the game mm-hmm. and, you know he voiced them but it didn't stop him he realized i gotta i gotta dig into a chest i gotta i gotta attack downhill he made an and one he had a couple close ones i think that was that was huge and it was a part of a really spectacular performance because he realized that at a certain point ross that no one on that clippers team could guard him they weren't getting through screens i mean it's it just it was what it was it was a lot of drop coverage and at that point you know, it was it was it was open season. It was spectacular. And speaking of spectacular, here's a quick word for one of our sponsors. Company Burger is the official burger of Propel's Talk and Boot Crew Media. Located at 4600 Ferret Street, Company Burger has been locally owned and operated for 11 years. Grind the meat, bake the buns, make the mayo, get the homemade tots. Company Burger uses Creekstone Farms prime beef to create the best burger in the city with milkshakes to go and a full bar. Company Burger is open every day besides Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Can't make it out? No worries. We have you covered. You can order online right now at thecompanyburger.com or check them out on the Toast or Uber Eats app. Company Burger, the official burger of Boot Crew Media. That was our that was our guys at, at Company Burger here, man. Please, please check them out there at 4600 Ferret Street. Um, but yeah, um, so Ross, another another person that I that I think deserves some shine in this in this particular game. I do at some point want to talk about Dyson Daniels, but that's a that's a, a biased favorite of mine. Um, Trey Murphy. So we talked about getting the basketball. In the first half, Trey shot the ball three times. And you know, he ended the he ended the game with eight shots. So it wasn't like, you know, in a lot of these games that as of recent, he's been getting the opportunities to put the ball up. And you got to give some of that credit to the Clippers. I think they did a good job of closing out and not giving him the same opportunities that he's kind of been, you know, been used to 
Uh, that's what good, smart teams, well-coached teams should do. And that's what Trey should get used to in regards to guarding. But he did a really good job of improvising. He, he, he did a good opportunity of picking – a good job of picking his spots throughout the game. You look up, get to the free throw line, ends up having uh, – finishing the game with 19. He had a few decent defensive plays. But all in all, um, he still found a way to impact the game, even if he didn't get the volume of shots that maybe he's been used to off a record-setting month where he, you know, made the most threes for the month of the month of March or maybe in – the, the most threes of any Pelican any month. I don't remember, but regardless, he set a record. Um, he had two tonight, but it was still a really solid game um, in 39 minutes. Yeah, he was out there a lot um, with us. I mean, especially with Herb and foul trouble. And then, you know, we kind of just, it did, it felt like we went with a pretty short rotation. Um, I thought he was really good again. He, he's, he's, he's just getting better at understanding that he's not going to be able to just stand two or three feet behind the three-point line and wait for shots to come because there's going to be games where they just don't come. You're going to have to get yourself more involved outside of, of, of the offense in some cases, and he's getting a lot smarter about catching and driving, understanding guys are, are, are closing out hard. Look, you, you hit 10 threes against these guys a week and a half ago. Like They were not, they were not going to let you just stand out there and beat them again. No way. And so the, so the fact that he got to the free-throw line double-digit times – now, granted, I think a few of those were the end of the game on just fouls, but let's just say he got to the free throw line seven or eight times on his own. That's a big number. Like, how many times has Trey gone to the line eight times in his career? It's, you can probably count them on one hand if I had to guess. So, that to me is just as telling as a game where we've been complimenting him for shooting. You know, hey, look, he needs to take a ton of threes. We're now, I think, at like this is the next level of progression of you put yourself into a class of three point shooters where they're not just going to let you just sit. You're either going to have to get really creative, like a clay, in terms of just move, moving off the ball, running your guy off screen, doing stuff that's just not this part of the offense, or you're going to have to be, get really slick about catching and driving. And I think he, he's embracing that. He, he tried to put somebody – I'm saying he tried to put somebody on a poster tonight, like undersells what he tried to do. He tried to do his life tonight. <laughs> Thank God. Um, I got to get that on Stuff video. like that. But just stuff like that is is you're going to add things to your game and you're going to make yourself a lot more dangerous offensive player by playing, I think, the way he played tonight. Because th- there's going to be nights where he hits five, six, seven threes. But tonight wasn't going to be that night. And so kudos to him for finding another way to get involved. And you can kind of see it. He was Him and Brandon were out on the court at halftime. before they, they had a little band at halftime. They were out before these dudes were even done. Both with a look in their eye like, we ain't losing this damn game. And so – you, you pick up on little things like that, and I think he's just getting smarter about finding ways to impact the game and being a winner. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just realizing and, and whether whether it's a detriment to the to where the staff's creativity is or just where he is right now in the pecking order of the team. Listen, you know, and this is before even Zion comes back, like. Trey's not going to have the opportunity to have a bunch of things called up for him off regular unless he's scorching hot. That's just that's just where it is right now. Right. You know, most nights right now with the current guys that are out here until Zion returns is Brandon, CJ and Jonas. Those are going to be the guys that are getting the most opportunities with things drawn up for them. And unfortunately for a lot of other individuals, that means you got to kind of, you got to kind of find your way. Trey, Trey does have some, you know, some interesting, you know, you know, he has some plays called call for him throughout the game, but it's maybe not to his liking. That's a part of the game, but 
what you like about him now is that he's adjusted, right? Like you mentioned last year when maybe he felt like he should have had more things called up for him when he started to get things going first standing in the corner, he's moving. You know, he may, he may cut more when he gets the basketball weak side, a chance to chance to create, he's doing it. He's attacking closeouts. He's driving, he's getting to the cup. And in the golden state game, you saw, a, you, you saw a, a runner, you saw a mid range, you saw a floater, like those attempts. And that leads us because it's the process, right? It's the, it's, it's the habits that you're putting yourself through regardless of the result. That leads us into, into Dyson Daniels. Dyson finished tonight. I mean, box score wise, he was five and two. It wasn't, it wasn't anything spectacular. Played 14 minutes. But he was a little different tonight to me. I saw more pace. I saw more intensity. I saw more willingness to dribble the basketball. I saw more of an aggressiveness to bring the ball up the court against pressure. The first possession he got in the game, he was being guarded 94 feet. Nick Batum so picked him up. Yeah, Nick Batum picked him up. Yeah, I mean he, he didn't even catch the ball yet. Right. So the first thing I'm the first thing I'm thinking about as a watcher is are you gonna pass the ball up or are you gonna are you gonna attack? Are you are you gonna sit there and, and try and you know uncomfortably get your way to the other side of the court, call for a screen over at your own free throw line? And he didn't. Uh, you're right. I think you, you just you, the word I would have used for the for the way I thought he played today was with a different pace. It wasn't that uncomfortable. How quick can I get this ball out of my hands in the half court? It just he just didn't play that way. And whether it was, you know, I, whether it was his own maturing, whether it was the fact that he had more defensive responsibility. There's some guy we talk about this with Herb sometimes. Like there's some guys that because of the defensive assignment, it makes their offensive game go away. And there are some guys that whenever they are asked more on the defensive end, they are more involved in the game. And it and it reflects on what they do on the offensive end. And tonight it kind of felt that way with Dyson. Not He didn't score a bunch of points. He did have a couple big rebounds. He did have a big putback. Um, but it, it's, it's more of like you've got to be more involved in the game. You cannot just be catching it and holding it and looking. Like sometimes you just got to catch and go. And I thought tonight he caught and went a little more. No, no, 100%. And, and, and I mean, you know, you named it. You know, you hit it right on the, on the head, man. I, you know, I think for – Anybody that's that's playing, um, that's a role player, that's, that's playing sparingly for for this team or any team that's 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 chasing the opportunity to be in the playoffs, um, every minute matters, every possession matters, and if you are on the floor, you know you can't just be you know out there as a designated passer, especially at the guard position, you know. And I think that I you know maybe he got a chance to watch film, you know, from some of the previous games. Maybe he realized what he needed to do more of. But I was just happy to see him have a little more bounce, a little bit more energy. He, I think he he attempted a floater tonight. It didn't end up going in. He looked like he was attempting. You know, I mean, he just was more more active. He seemed to be more more assertive and just realized that um, adjusting to how teams are going to play him and what the current vision of him is from opposing teams, it may not matter much longer because if number one is back on the floor, that may mean that, that his minutes are up. But if this was a last game that Dyson ended up playing, I like to see that kind of response. Even if it wasn't spectacular, there was things that jumped. Oh. Yep. 
I think I don't yeah. know if I lost you or you lost me. Kind of cut out. I, I don't know. I don't know what. But no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It, it was it was a different. He had a different mentality tonight, and I think it just reflected in how he looked. It's not always a box score thing. Sometimes you got to watch the game. There's like there's nuance to it. It's not just like you're not going to do a lot of stuff. That at the end of the thing, you just you look and say, oh, they played 15 minutes and you know had X, Y, and Z. It's yeah. sometimes it is very much about how someone looks. You can tell if someone is playing with a different level of confidence and he did tonight like it just i don't have a box score to point to to say oh look he did x y and z i'm just telling you the way it looked and you saw it look better he looked more comfortable yeah. on the yeah. floor and that's you know but and that's really at this point you know that's all you can really ask for yeah. and, and in this kind of game yeah no absolutely and i'm glad you, you just you know you started talking about this game and what it means toward the playoffs and the like this game was so important not just because it was his first game back home and not because, you know, you need all these games, but this win now signifies like where you are with four games left. You were like, it went from a, a theoretical, like, well, if you win this and they, and somebody else loses that and, you know, X, Y, and Z, ha- no, 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 now it's real. There's four games left, a win and a loss. And you are now either in the fourth, or you're now either in the fifth or sixth seed. Like you were like, it's here. You were in striking distance. Win the games you're supposed to win these home games and, in a week, I don't know where we I mean, next Friday we could be. I don't know. You could well, be in the fifth I mean, seed. Like it's just it's all real now, though. You're not. You don't. There's not all these scenarios that have to happen. Like you win your games, and you, you're not going to be in the play. So let's let's talk about that, Ross, because I think you know they have an interesting schedule, you know, upcoming, and that's why this game was so important. Because mm-hmm. when you look at the rest of these, you know, you know, you look at the Kings at home, you look at the Grizzlies and Knicks. We don't know what those teams are going to look like, you know, by that time. And I mean simply from what they have to prove, what they have to play for at that period of time. And even if these teams have to, outside of the Grizzlies, for you know, for example, and it may be an interesting, an interesting caveat returning into that game, which you know, but um, when we're talking about the Kings, I mean, the Kings kind of have that situation wrapped up. Will they be at full strength? Will they be playing? Will they have something to be motivated for? We'll have to see. But at home, with the way the Pelicans are playing right now, look, you should feel like you have an opportunity still to even win that game, even if the Kings are going out yeah. playing like it's a playoff game, right? Um, 100%. Yeah. Then, you know, you know, you got the Grizzlies. Who knows who's going to be playing for them and how many minutes they're going to be playing. And you got the Knicks, even at current full straight, they don't have Julius Randle. So if you're in a situation where you take care of these, these games at home, and the last game you have is a road game at, at Minnesota. I mean, you know, I you know, I think I'm curious what you think, but I think you go you find a way to go three and one. I think they have they have a really good chance of being and probably succeed. I I think they have an opportunity to put themselves in that situation at worst seventh, one game, win one game at home, you know, and you're in. Yeah. No, I agree. I thought that you just said it. I I think they go. I think they're going to win at least three of the next four. I really think they're going to sweep this all homestand. I do. I could just, like, I think we're going to win this Kings game for all the reasons you just said. Like, like it feels a little bit like the Kings have already accomplished something and now are very like squarely looking at that first round playoff matchup. Like, I don't know how focused they're going to be on these last three or four games. De'Aaron Fox has been sort of in and out of the lineup. Like with an injury, it feels like there's, you know, like they're just not going to risk a lot of things there, and that's a game you can win no matter what. Like that, 
the Grizzlies, go. same thing. You know, a lot of guys been in and out of the lineup, and, and then the Knicks are sort of the Knicks are. I mean, have nothing to play for. Like their spot is basically secure where they're at. And I, I hate talking like that because it makes it seem like you still need, you know, like we need all of these teams to be short guys. Like I think we're playing well enough to win all three of those games, even if they all roll out their their playoff roster and play. I, I do. I think we're playing well enough right now to just win these games straight up. Like I don't think we need guys to sit. Um, but I think, yeah, I think we'll go three and one, maybe four. No, I think we're going to win at least three of these games. And that's without talking about the elephant in the room. Um, Zion's probably going to play basketball next week. It, it, it's it's looking like we are inching toward, towards a return. Depending on who you talk to, some, some people think it's going to be Wednesday. Um, against the Grizzlies, some think it may be Friday against the Knicks, but I, you know, I'm very interested in what that looks like and how that guy is brought back into what this team is doing. Ross, if you had the keys and you were in charge, no matter what day it is, with a few games left before the regular season, possibly a playing game or two left, but playoff inspirations and in mind here in a weird Western conference and in a lot of, a lot of ways, a wide open Western conference still, how would you bring back a Zion um, given all the things that have transpired in this year from health um, and just everything that has taken place? How would you bring him? How would you bring him back in? Would it be a minutes? What kind of minutes restriction would it be? Would he be coming off the bench? Would he be starting? Um, what would be your plan? Yeah, so if he, if he plays a game next week, I would absolutely bring him off the bench. I would, but I'm saying I would bring him off the bench with no minute restriction. No, like I don't, if he has to come back with a minute restriction, then I don't think he should play. Like that's just my opinion because mm. the last thing you want to find yourself in, because for me, you're, you're using those last, maybe it's only two games, but you're very much using those to, to accomplish two things. One, is he healthy? Like, is he going to be, is he at his point with both health and conditioning to be a difference maker? Like a true difference maker more than just like a, you know, he's always going to be a difference maker, but you know what I mean? Like something close to that guy that he was before, before he went out. That's one. Two, you very much have two games to evaluate like how you're going to use him in the playoffs. Like if, because if he comes out and play like the first game plays 18, 22, 24, 25 minutes and looks great. Yeah, he's going back in the starting lineup the next game. Um, and we're going back to what we were doing before. But you, you've, you've, that's why you, you kind of can't mess around with it to me. Like you, the first game, we're coming off the bench, and I'm seeing what I got. And if he's tired, yeah. you take him out. I mean, I'm not saying you go out there and you run a dude in the ground, but you, you're going to have the end of the year. Like, we're running into the playoffs now. Like, I got to see what I got. And, you know, part of that is seeing is this dude going to be able to help me? Because we need another player. Make no mistake, the bench is, you know, there's been some nights where, like, thank God Brandon's doing what he's doing. We need another guy, and I need to know if he can be that other guy right now. Not as a, a trick off the bench. I'm talking about a, a guy. And you got two games to figure it out, probably. Maybe best best case scenario, you got three. A real a real weapon. And and, and like you mentioned, I don't think at this, at this juncture of the year, you have the time to really be experimenting and playing with things and messing up certain rhythms. Right, the way Brandon's playing right now, you can't afford to mess that up. As great as Zion is, as talented as he is, as much as he means to this franchise, 
Brandon is playing so well. And it's just, you know, basketball is a game about rhythm. It's just, it just is. We see it all the time. That's why welcoming back guys, you know, back from injury, or even, you know, got at the beginning of the year, or welcoming in new talents at the trade that at the, at the trade deadline, it matters. Chemistry, rhythm, responsibility, all those things, just know how the feel for the for the dudes that you're playing with, it matters, man. It can, it can, it can take a team um further than they're supposed to go. And it can I mean, like look at the Mavericks, for example, right? You know, you look, you know, they add they add Kyrie Irving to Luka Doncic, but they trade away some valuable role players that were that you know at least one of them right now. I think that they're currently missing, and that team looks broken. It's no way to really manufacture and fix that. If there is, it's not enough time. Mm-hmm. It's not always about talent. They don't have enough time. You know, the Pelicans don't to really uh, be guessing on how to end up doing it. No, it is a weapon. Zion's the ultimate weapon, and I'm with you, man. Bring him in, bring him in off the bench. Help that second unit. And some of those guys did mix him in. You got to give him minutes with Bi and Zion. You do, and I think the thing is, and I kind of part of me hates getting into this whole like, well, should he come off the bench? Like for me, me there's absolutely no question in the first game he should come off the bench. Yeah, and, and you've got to you like you can't just mess around. Like it's got to be targeted, like because if he comes off the bench, it looks great. Right. And he looks great. But you realize, like, ah, he's not going to be able to, you know, this isn't the 30 minute thing. Like, he just not, he just isn't there. Right. He's been out for two months or whatever. Then that allows you to say, where are our gaps? I, <laughs> I think we all know where the gaps are with, with the second unit. There's, there's one specific lineup that is just cannot score. It just, it, it doesn't have the players required to, to get buckets. Like, there are very, very important minutes. And it, it's not, it's not, you know, insignificant stuff. I'm talking, you know, 10 to 16 minutes in a game where it would still very much be like, hey, here you go get us. Like, I need buckets here. Brandon, catch a breather. So I'm talking about yeah. some CJ, Zion, Trey minutes where we need him to go get buckets if he's anything close to the guy that he was before. Um, before Sometimes it's that simple, Ross. You look at the third quarter and that Golden State game. We could talk, we could talk about this all day mm-hmm. in regards to Zion, but – you know, in, in every game, there's moments where it's like, you know, when teams are making runs, but Golden State has, you know, they're, they're different. They're super sane, historic, you know, avalanches of, of, you know, the type of runs they can put together, which you have to anticipate it coming. And a guy like Zion that that is your, you know, he's your joker, right? He's just, no matter what the matchup is, no matter what the circumstance, the situation, the opponent, his traits, his attributes, it overpowers it. Just by the fact that he's generational, he's nothing that we've really ever seen. I don't care who you are, you gotta figure out a way to make that work. But from a team perspective, in this particular situation, so winning seven out of eight, by the time he comes back, could be eight out of nine, nine, nine out of ten. You gotta figure out the best, the, you know, from a chemistry perspective, how to make that work and make sure everybody's able to, you know, benefit off of it in hopes that like Zion returning just, just isn't about you know, making a play in and going out in six games again. No, him returning is about getting out the first round. It simply is. Um, another word from another one of our sponsors, and then I'll wrap up with Ross and get y'all out of here. This podcast is sponsored by the Birdsaw Law Firm, the official injury lawyers of Boot Crew Media. Birdsaw Law Firm is a family practice that has been a staple in the greater New Orleans area since 1963. Specializing in automobile accidents and slip and falls for the past 60 years, 
You can trust the Birdsall Law Firm to handle your claim professionally while treating you like family in the process. The Birdsall Law Firm is located at 918 Poitras Street near the Superdome. Give them a call today at 504-523-5413 or message them on Instagram if you or someone you know has been involved in an accident. Be sure to mention Boot Crew Media sent you to get your free consultation today. Once again, you can reach them at 504-523-5413. I got to also give a, give a shout out to our guys at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're, you know, if you've been ready for the for the underdogs, the upsets, the unbelievable action, the DraftKings Sportsbook, the biggest tournament of college basketball is still going on right now. San Diego State and uh, Florida Florida Atlantic had a had a fantastic game uh, tonight. Came down to the final final second. Shout out to San Diego State for advancing. But new customers can still bet just five dollars on college basketball and get up to two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. All customers can score a no sweat bet during round during any of the remaining rounds. Go to that, place in the no sweat bet this this weekend, this next weekend, get a bonus back up to ten dollars. Um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You see the code there in the, in the right hand corner. It's boot B double T five dollars. Get to two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. If you have a gambling problem, pr- please call one eight seven seven eight Hope N Y. Text Hope N Y. If you or someone you know has a, has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral service can be accessed, accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. Ross, as we wrap up here, we talked about where this team is at right now. I want to know your prediction as we go into this final homestand. I know we, I know we talked about records. We talked about who might be returning. The guys that are playing, where will this Pelicans team? We go into the final week of the regular season for this team. Do or die. Where will this team finish in the Western Conference once we are doing this again next weekend? Six seed playing Sacramento first round. And I think Yo, man. That's I'm not what a believer in Sacramento. I'm not a believer yet. I am not. I, I am not either. That would be – that's the dream matchup, I think, all things considered for this team. That's the Pelicans get right. That's their mm-hmm. – I'll take Memphis. I'll take Memphis too. I would too. I, you know, I'm I, I'm fine with Memphis. Denver Denver would be tough, but I'm okay with that. Um, I personally would not want to see Phoenix, but I don't either. Yeah, I just I I would not. But if you get an opportunity to get Sacramento, I think Sacramento's at, at, at the top of that board. But regardless of that, getting into the playoffs without needing playing games—that was the goal when we yep. did these shows months ago before the season yep. started. That was the goal. If you can do it, you can salvage that. You can get Zion back and get some games under the belt. And you can um, find a way to not have to play playing games regarding. I think that you found a way to make something. Um, you know, you can you can count this six, this season a complete success across the board, no matter who you ask. And that's saying a lot through all the things that they've been through. For Ross, for Chris, for Lala, for all the all the wonderful people at Boot Crew Appropriate Self, there's another episode here, man. Y'all subscribe, like, comment, tell me what you like, what you don't like. What do you feel about Zion returning? They're just the best basketball Brandon Ingram has been playing. We will holler at y'all for the next game after Tuesday. Um, I think we have a Sunday show tomorrow as well. So tap in. Uh, Appreciate y'all as always. We out.